Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. And that's what I want to talk about today is praying in the spirit. The Bible says in the same book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 18, after we put on the whole armor of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication, that means humble request, in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I want to exhort you, beloved, that if you're not baptized with the Holy Ghost of God, that you seek God until you are baptized with the Holy Ghost. This is a foundational New Testament doctrine. Don't let anyone steal this gift of the Holy Ghost from you by their lies and by their neglect of this essential doctrine. Most pastors are not baptized with the Holy Spirit, so they're not going to talk about it. But that doesn't leave you and I without the knowledge of God because we have the written Word of God. And that's why we have the written Word of God. One of the many reasons is that so that we can be on target and full of the Spirit and on target with God and not deceived by any man. The New Testament continually says, let no man deceive you. Don't let me deceive you. Don't let your pastor deceive you. You look to the Lord. Get your eyes on Jesus. Set your affection on things above and not on the things on the earth because Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. Men are on earth. Get your eyes on the Lord, the eyes of your heart, your eternity is in the balance. Jude verse 20, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, when statistics are taken of how pastors in America pray for an average of five or less minutes per day. This is why the nation is in the state it's in. This is why God has turned us over to a strong delusion and given the people what their hearts desire because they go to church, if you will. They're not learning how to follow Christ, but they're going to church and they are putting up before themselves biblically illiterate men who are false prophets, the men that we have been warned about throughout the New Testament. And they are giving the people what they want, not what God wants. And that's what the Apostle Paul prophesied when he says, for the time will come when they will not endure or hold themselves accountable to sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. We've got to get in the Spirit so that we are not deceived. And we've got to be strengthened by the might of the Spirit of God and be full 
of the Holy Ghost, building up ourselves on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost so that we are not deceived and that we are like one of those five wise virgins who among the ten were separated unto the Lord, whereas the other ones who were also a part of the engagement party to meet the bridegroom or were actually virgins that were going to meet their bridegroom, five of them fell away. Why? Because they didn't stay in the Lord and did not abide or remain in intimate fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, which we need to view in light of the Holy Scriptures and not in light of some man's teaching curriculum, mine or anybody else's. I We find throughout the centuries of New Testament Christianity that you got different ites, I-T-E-S, people who follow a man, and in some cases, very few. That was pretty good. John Wesley was a man who seemed to be all the way on target biblically, but he's still a man. And today we got a lot of people that are indoctrinated by and feel like, you know, they look too closely with or too allegiant, if you will, to men like John MacArthur, who I got really big problems with, you know, doctrinally. He's not going to teach you about the baptism in the spirit. The man doesn't even know when he got saved. That's very concerning, but he's an eloquent speaker, you know, and people that are walking in the flesh and aren't walking in the spirit, as we're talking about here, as the Bible commands us to do, they aren't going to discern this. You see, they're receiving intellectual level, these things that he's saying, and he's very captivating as a speaker. And so they get engrossed in him and they limit themselves to his, but that's not going to uphold them. Only God can uphold you with his free spirit, according to the book of Psalms, chapter 51. Only the Holy Ghost of God can uphold you in this last hour, especially with the martyrdom that is coming to our land. And as we read in Revelation, I believe it's chapter 6, about how the souls that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus were under the altar of God. What is it? A man's teaching is not going to sustain you because a man doesn't have grace to impart to you, but only the Lord does. And that grace, that what is grace? It's the divine operational ability or power of God in us. And that is dispensed through the Lord Jesus Christ by the Holy Ghost. We have got to be full of the Spirit of God according to the New Testament prescription in the book of Acts to just underscore uh, there's so many places we could go there but just to underscore how important it was that they be filled with the Spirit we see the apostles after that the Samaritans had received the Word of God how the apostles at Jerusalem this is before New Testament Christianity was perverted before there was any much time for the wolves to enter in to draw away disciples and to begin to teach falsely and notice in verse 14 of Acts 8 now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard these are the apostles of Jesus Christ there could be no higher authority especially among men no men today even in the same universe of divine authority as we read here because this is the original apostles of Christ now and this is not long after Pentecost the day of Pentecost when the church was born let me encourage your friend to get in the book of Acts doesn't matter if you pastors preach in Acts you're accountable to get in Acts because God wrote Acts for you and to bless you with so verse 14 now 
when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands upon them, or on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. They received the Holy Ghost. This is Acts 8, 14 through 17. The apostles heard that these folks got saved. And what did they do? They sent from among them to go make sure that they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's how important it was. Every believer today, everyone who gets saved, and that starts with repenting. Surrender your life in repentance before the Lord and place all of your faith in Jesus Christ, believing into and upon Him. And when they're saved and the body of Christ witnesses to that salvation, there needs to be immediate instruction concerning being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Jesus told His own disciples who had walked with Him three and a half years, tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued or clothed upon with power from on high. That was before Pentecost. It was before Jesus had risen from the dead and then after His post-resurrection ministry going up to heaven and prepared the place, if you will, through the sprinkling of His blood on the mercy seat in heaven. But when He did that, He poured out as He had promised over and over the promise of the Spirit or the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. He continually talked about throughout the Gospels, you see. But He tells His apostles, wait in the city of Jerusalem, tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. They had already been taught by him for three and a half years. They had walked with him day by day and seen his miracles and heard all of his teachings firsthand. But even they, with all of this knowledge intellectually, were not equipped of God to go forth and do the work of God. You see, because only God can do the work of God, if you will. And he does that in a yielded vessel who's obedience to him. And that is going to begin with being baptized with the Holy Ghost of God. That's how you receive the power of God to be consumed by the Spirit of God and to be able to do the work of God, which is the desire of every true believer. Jesus said it this way in Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. But ye shall receive power after, not before, but after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I can tell you personally, friend, that I was saved for, I think, about a year, a little less than a year, when I ran into a beloved pastor. I didn't know him at the time, and he asked me if I was born again. I said, yes, sir. And he said, well, have you received the baptism with the Holy Ghost? And I looked at him like, as they say, a calf at a new gate. I had no idea what that was. I said, no, something like that. Well, he said, well, young man, do you have a few minutes to sit down and we can talk? We can go through some scripture. I said, yes, sir. And he sat shoulder to shoulder with me and with his Bible and my Bible. And we went through the scriptures. There are a myriad of scripture on the baptism of the Spirit in the New Testament. In fact, you've got to intentionally dodge them. There's so many. It's amazing how many people are not that are in ministry and not filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of the gifts of the Spirit. Now, this man asked me if I was willing and and desired the baptism with the Spirit. You know, and I said, yes, sir, after we'd gone through all these scriptures, right there in the Bible. On the day of Pentecost, Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this gift is for you and to your children and to as many as are far off. In other words, all that God, and as many as the Lord our God shall save, verse 39, shall call or save. And so this gift has not passed.
passed away. That's a ridiculous, evil, demonic lie. The devil certainly doesn't want you filled with the Spirit. It was when the people of God were baptized with the Holy Ghost that the, the Lord began to use them to wreak havoc on the kingdom of darkness. Thousands were getting saved. They actually, the Bible says in the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 6, that they turned the world upside down. Why? The power of the living God in them by the divine person of the Holy Ghost. Now, lest somebody misconstrue me, I didn't say this is going to save you. This is a gift for you if you're saved. The world cannot receive the person of the Holy Ghost, the divine member of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, John 14, 17, only the believer can receive this gift of the Holy Ghost. So if you've repented and you're saved and hopefully been water baptized, then you are a candidate for the gift of the Holy Ghost. And while this is not essential, perhaps in the end, through the volumes and the fullness of Scripture, we can conclude that there'll be some that didn't make it because they refused the fullness of God. They refused the knowledge of God from His Word, and they got weak. And like the five foolish virgins in Matthew 25, 1 through 13, they fell away. Let me stop right here and say this. We have got to repent. I'm talking to you, friend. It's time to repent of our own wicked thinking and lean not to our own understanding, but to lay an axe to the root and get rid of questioning God and trying to figure it out and all this other filthy crap. That's nothing but rebellion and God wants you and I to repent of it. The scripture says very clearly, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. I want to cipher one little part out of that and say we've got to repent of the rebellion and when we do we're going to lean not to our own understanding nor to some famous Bible teacher's understanding. If he's famous and he's got a big radio program and he's selling thousands of books it's probably because he's not preaching the whole truth of God. If he was, then he wouldn't be that popular. Do the math, friend. 5,000 men walked away from Jesus when he preached. Only 12 remained. John chapter 6. I know some of you say, how dare him use the word crap when he's preaching? Well, Paul did. He used the word dung in Philippians 3. What's the difference? Nothing. Just listen to the point of scripture and trust in the Lord and get your eyes on Jesus and get in the word. You are going to fall away if you don't get in the word. I can tell you that. You need to be strengthened with the might of his spirit and the sword of the spirit is the word of God. The Bible says, let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Colossians 3.16. Some of you listening to this audio should be teaching the word of God and you have need that somebody come and lay the foundational doctrines of Christ down again and you ought to be out teaching them. You're still a babe. Although you claim you've been saved for a lot of years, you're still a babe in maturity. And you, quite frankly, you ought to be quite embarrassed. There's nothing like a little embarrassment to get you motivated, if that's what it takes. Hebrews 5, beginning in verse 11, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even to those who by reason of use have their senses 
was exercised to discern both good and evil, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, the foundational principles in which should have been laid already. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection or maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, a doctrine of baptisms, plural, including a baptism with the Holy Ghost, and laying on of hands and resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. So he gives the six principle or foundational doctrines of Christ. Do you know what they are? Do you have a thorough biblical knowledge of each one of them? If you were asked to stand up and speak on any one of them for five minutes from the Bible only, because we only preach the word, and if any man speak, let him speak as of the oracles, the written word of God, First Peter 4, 11. Would you be able to stand and speak for five, just five minutes on each of these topics? That's my question to you. See, the Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God, not man, unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The only way you can rightly divide the word of truth is to get in the word and be full of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said that it was the Holy Ghost, the person of the Holy Spirit of God, that was going to lead you into all truth and teach you all things. When you are baptized with the Spirit, you're going to have a much greater divine enlightenment in your mind and heart and in your understanding concerning the scriptures and the things of God. In fact, listen to what Paul prays in Ephesians chapter 1. I know we're just touching on several different things here, but that seems to be the way we're being led. Chapter 1 of Ephesians, Paul prays that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, to see this prayer, by the way, is in full force. It's alive now for every believer in Jesus Christ. That includes you and I. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Let me ask you something, friend. Are you baptized with the Holy Ghost? Some of you don't know. I can tell you, you're going to know it because Jesus said, but you shall receive power. That's dunamis, divine power after, not before, but after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. After, I can tell you this, nobody could convince me otherwise when God filled me with the Spirit. When God does something, it doesn't matter who says what, even, and not that anybody's going to say anything, but if they did, you'd be laughing at them. That's just like, if I'm standing here eating and licking on a chocolate ice cream, hello, anybody getting hungry, and you try to come up and convince me that that ice cream doesn't taste good, what am I going to do? laugh and chuckle at you, right? Now, when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you're going to know it because Jesus said, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And, you know, people want to talk about, well, is it, do I have to pray in tongues? And, you know, is that the evidence? Well, we see that throughout the scriptures. I can tell you,
tell you that. And we've got to study God, which I think will guide you, hopefully in a balanced way, through the scriptures. That's what it's doing. That's all it's designed to do. On the website, safeguardyoursoul.com, and it's called Holy Ghost Baptism. Just click on Study Guides. At the top, there's a menu bar. Study Guides. Print that out and go through that with the scriptures in prayer. Your life will never be the same. My friend, I'm telling you, God wants you to be baptized with his spirit. Baptismal means immersed in his spirit. God wants to give you a baptismal measure of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. And if you're saved, you you bear witness to these words. You bear witness to the scriptures we read, etc., etc. Get in the word and learn of the Lord and receive all that he has for you. Yield your life afresh. I know you've called on the Lord and been saved, but that's not that's only the beginning of your life with Christ. It's time to get an appetite for the Lord. It's time to dig in and begin to search the scriptures and to open your heart and your mind to the Lord and cry out to Him in prayer. After you read the scriptures and you're convinced in your your mind and your spirit that God wants you filled with the Spirit, that you cry out to Him and thank Him for saving you and come to a fresh, full surrender, stopping everything you're doing, raising your heart and your hands to heaven and crying out to the Lord Jesus Christ and the Father to baptize you with His Holy Ghost. God bless you, friend. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several, many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and you're prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.